This is The Extraordinary Story, a podcast about the life of Christ. Jesus Christ, God himself, entered the confusing maze that is our world to show us who we are and to give us his cross as a ladder up and out. This is his story and ours, The Extraordinary Story. Brought to you by Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas. Written and hosted by Tom Hoops. Hello and welcome uh, to The Extraordinary Story, to our season finale. Uh, This is a special episode where I'm actually joined by a guy who has been with me all along, actually, uh, Michael Coy, my producer and editor. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me join you, even though, like you said, I've been here the entire time. Well, you have been here the entire time, and I've really appreciated what you've done to kind of steer the ship and keep me from going off track over and over again. And also for making it sound like I actually know what I'm doing, because poor Michael goes through and clears out, cleans up all the stops and starts and the weirdnesses and the funny words that have to be re-recorded. Um, so how did you get involved in the kind of work you do? What kind of work do you do? And tell us a little bit about yourself, Michael, before we get started. Well, first of all, being behind the scenes now with the mic in front of me, I definitely do not envy you being the person who's just, you know, speaking off the cuff and none of this is written down, right? You just speak all of this extemporaneously, (laughs) right? As you know, it's all written down. Some of it's extemporaneous, so I appreciate the comment. Okay, that's even more impressive then. Well, yeah, the background on me, I work in the Office of Marketing with, uh, with Tom and I'm the media production coordinator here at Benedictine. And, and that means that I get to be part of a lot of exciting new ventures that the college is going into, not just in the podcast sphere, but in the video podcast sphere into um, uh, filmed multi-part series that get into a lot of great things to do with uh, not just spirituality, but with the culture as well as the college's uh, initiative is these days, we are here to transform culture in America. So. Yes, with the mission of community, faith, and scholarship, which I think we say in the in the at the end of each episode. That's right. Um, but you know, and I, not to sound too embarrassingly, um, uh, too 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 much of a company man. But I totally believe that community, faith, and scholarship is the secret sauce for what's needed in the world today. So I'm really excited about the stuff that you're getting underway here at Benedictine College at the media site, which will soon have lots of other content in addition to the extraordinary story. But for now, you've got me. Like you said, Tom, I'm I've been like behind the scenes at the Extraordinary Story podcast, and I just it's it's funny to ask because I was there at the beginning and yet um, you're the one who came to me with this idea. And so that's the part I missed. And so I'm just wondering, like, how did this, I, the idea of doing this podcast come to you? Like, just really, how did it get started? Yeah. So this is something I've wanted to do for years and years and years and decades. Uh, I When I first started to take Jesus Christ story seriously. I was in college. I had been brought into the faith by my roommates and community at the St. Ignatius Institute uh, in San Francisco at the time. And when 
it finally clicked for me that Jesus Christ was a real figure who had a real importance in my real life. Uh, I guess I was a, a senior in college, maybe it was my junior year. And ever since then, I've been fascinated by this figure because once you buy that this is God and man at once, and that's not just a fairy story, once you say, oh my gosh, this is something real that really happened, the different facets and dimensions of this reality, the mind-blowing immensity of the number of ramifications that it has, uh, is, is just fascinating. And so I've been reading Life of Christ books from the very beginning. My first favorite was uh, Life of Christ by Fulton Sheen. I've recommended that for years, and then I kind of reread it this year, and I realized, okay, it's not exactly what I remember it. It's great, great, great book, but it's it doesn't have the kind of um, the kind of apologetic focus, the kind of understanding that readers don't necessarily already buy it. Uh, focus that I wanted to have. Frank Sheed's book is awesome. Uh, Father Alban Goodyear's book is awesome. Uh, I really enjoy that one. He's one of these guys who's been to the Holy Land, and which is, I think is a great thing that enriches people's understanding of the life of Christ. But in some authors, it tends to take center stage and you get all these details about the Holy Land, which I think are important. Uh, I wanted to do something different that looks at some issues that I have had with the life of Christ, with the claims that are made about the life of Christ. Uh, you saw a lot of this popping up in season one. I recently have come to understand the scientific uh, ramifications of uh, the new things that we've discovered in the 21st century, the way we understand how life evolves in the 20th and 21st century, the way we have uh, kind of a couple of generations of philosophers now who believe that you can invent your own identity, that you aren't already made with a purpose. Um, and so I wanted to look at those issues and see how they, how the life of Christ is compatible with them. What I found that's been really exciting to me is not only does the latest science, the latest understanding of the human person, and I'm talking about not just biology, but I'm talking about neurology, uh, neurology brain science, the way we understand what makes us human and what makes us tick and the strangeness that we've discovered. Not only are those things compatible compatible with the life of Christ, but they're almost like two neon signs pointing to each other. You really see that Jesus Christ and his story is not a foreign story, even with the new stuff that we're learning, but it's an illuminating story, a story that sheds light all around it. Trying to sort of synthesize all of that research and interest into a single podcast is a daunting task. So thank you for doing that. How do you feel that the show has evolved in its scope since the beginning? Yeah. Well, first of all, let's, while we're talking about the beginning, we ought to give a hearty thank you to Angelica Nelson, who alas is no longer with Benedictine college, but when she was, she literally, you know, we were brainstorming names for the podcast, and she's the one who came up with the extraordinary name, The Extraordinary Story. That's right, and the uh, thumbnail, too. 
Yeah, that's right. She did the art for it. So thank you very much, Angelica. You are not forgotten. How has the podcast evolved? So in one sense, it's it's a podcast I've been working on for years, for 15 years. Uh, what I started to do about 15 years ago, 2008, how many years ago was 2008, is I did these Sunday uh, guides for the National Catholic Register. First, April, my wife and I did them, uh, and I kind of did the Life of Christ stuff, and she did family-oriented stuff. But I've been doing those first for the National Catholic Register, then for Alatea, and now at our Benedictine media site, media.benedictine.edu, which are often covered on New Advent. But I've started to look at the life of Christ Sunday by Sunday, not because I'm particularly interested in Sundays, although gotta love Sundays, right? Uh, but because I wanted to spend time every week trying to do research and understand different aspects of the life of Christ. And that material has been invaluable as we produce this. So if it sounds like, oh my gosh, that guy came up with a whole bunch of stuff to say about this thing. Uh, well, I did, but it was over a huge period of time. Um, but like you say, it has evolved because as I'm weaving this old material together, I'm addressing new things that come up uh, as they come up. And, uh, and so I, I found what I did in the first season is kind of what I it's different from what I did in the second season. The first season was very focused on these issues of, wait, can we even believe this stuff anymore in the 21st century, uh, where I tried to address some of that. And I that was kind of meant to be the focus throughout. But the second season became much more personal, probably because some of those stories are very personal to me. Uh, where you know we talked about the woman with the hemorrhage, we talked about the uh, storms of Jesus, and kind of how you face personal issues with Jesus. That's kind of how it's developed in the second season. And then looking ahead into the next season, the third season, which will come, I hope, in about a month's time, uh, we have a lot of exciting issues that are far reaching in their ramifications coming up. So maybe if the first one was, the first season was about science and personal identity, the second season was about facing personal issues with Jesus. The third season, at least at the beginning, is gonna be about facing some macro issues that we have as a culture uh, with Jesus. There's, you know, render under Caesar. What is Caesar is one of the ones that'll come up right away when we start again. There is um, the whole issue of children being childlike and also of harm to children. What happens in a child's life uh, when the child sins and when the child is the victim of sin and how that shapes a whole lifetime. That's going to be fascinating. There's the mission of the 70, which is kind of the looking at how lay action happens in the church. There's Martha and Mary. There's the Good Samaritan. There's a lot of really good stuff coming up in the third season that I'm looking forward to. Well, and I know that you didn't plan this. Well, maybe I, maybe you did plan this, um, but I, I think that this trajectory follows. It started right back at episodes one and two, which kind of set the scene for the 
the very, very personal versus the uh, cosmic um, implications of of Christ's life and how we're part of it. I'd re- I'd recommend that people you know go back and listen to those and um, because it was it's almost like the tree of life you know that starts in this small town of Waco, Texas, and then suddenly we're seeing the beginning of the universe and things like that. And uh, yeah, you're talking for uh, for listeners who aren't film nerds. You're talking about the Terrence Malick movie, The Tree of Life. Okay. Uh, you are a film nerd. And I, I am. I, I think I can say that without offending you. Not at all. Um, okay, so you said something which, okay, I, the first episode is personal and that can be, I don't know, sometimes I listen to that with a little bit of a cringe, but I, I have heard lots of good feedback about it. So the first episode is very personal. But I've always felt that the second episode about the woman clothed with the sun and these visions of angels in the sky was a little bit of a mismatch with the first episode. First episode, I, I say, We're, I'm going to be personal and, and I'm, going to, I'm a skeptical guy and I'm going to help you understand why you can even believe this stuff. And then the, right away, I'm talking about women clothed with the sun and angels fighting each other and visions. Um, but that's kind of the wild and crazy nature of the story that you tell when you accept that God himself became a human being. Um, and that's kind of the craziness that we've all experienced in life is precisely from this tension that there really is a God. He really did make everything. There really is an ordinary way of life. And it really is pretty extraordinary sometimes, pretty wild and crazy. Okay. Well, um, since you're, since you're being, you know, kind of modest and self-critical about the first two episodes, what, what are, what is an episode that you would recommend to a new listener or one that, you know, you, you were, you think people could go back and listen to and maybe something that you've returned to and thought, okay, I, I, I hit the nail on the head there. That was good. Well, you know, one thing that surprised me was when we, uh, the episode that's titled Jesus Conquers Sickness, Sin, and and Opposition. That's one that I didn't start out meaning to talk about the church in our time, uh, but I ended up talking about the church in our time. Uh, You know, I've always been uh, convinced that the church, despite the sins of its members, is a sacrament delivery machine right it gives you it's holy the church is holy because of the sacraments the sacraments are holy because they bring you to jesus the church was founded by jesus brings you jesus in the sacraments takes you to jesus in the end and in that episode i realized that there were some religious leaders back in the day who did not want people to meet Jesus Christ or be healed by him, and that his healing of people scandalized them. His sacramental healing of the paralyzed man in particular was uh, offensive to them or was something that they wanted to um, avoid. Well, kind of at the end of that uh, episode, I realized that my own personal story, which was one where I was not given this, I would after my first confession, I wasn't brought back to confession as a child. Uh, after hearing it, I don't even remember if I was ever taught about the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Uh, I heard about it much later, years later, 
so I started to kind of rethink, oh my gosh, there are people in the church today who either don't want to share the truth of the sacraments, uh, have forgotten that they're supposed to share the truth of the sacraments, or something else is going on. Anyway, that was a that was an episode where I kind of made that realization uh, that there are still some religious leaders who are trying to stop Jesus from forgiving people, like he did with the uh, paralyzed man. Other good ones, I mean, from this present season, you know, I've always been very moved by the story of the woman with the hemorrhage. Uh, and I've always been, uh, well, and I have a personal reason, a couple of personal reasons to be very moved by the garrison demoniac. Um, so those are two from this season that I thought were particularly powerful for me. I love the garrison demoniac episode. Um, scary, but I don't know, enlightening. Yeah, I hated that episode, <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that it exists. And I'm glad that we told the personal story that I tell in there, which even as I started, I wasn't sure I was going to tell. Well, as we're wrapping this conversation up, Tom, you know, what what are your hopes for where we can we can take this podcast? Well, you ask my hopes for where we can take the podcast and I, I do have hopes for the podcast. But I think that there's a larger thing happening in the church today um, that this podcast is, albeit a small part of, very small part of, but it is a part of. Uh, I first noticed it during COVID when I was at home watching mass on uh, the live stream with my family. And I listened to Bishop Barron on a daily basis for the first time. Now, obviously I was aware of Bishop Barron before that, uh, but he was, if you recall, maybe some of the listeners were watching him too. He was going through the Old Testament readings in his homilies. And I had known some about the whole... Catholic I, media? No, go ahead. <laughs> and I, ha I knew the Old Testament a little bit, but not a lot. So those were really eye-opening to me. And they were a precursor to what happened next, which was the Bible in a Year podcast, which was the first time I'd been through the Bible beginning to end. And I did it two years in a row. Uh, and then the Catechism in a Year podcast. And it seems like whenever I have a good idea or a good thought, I find out that there's like 1,700 other people who are having the same idea and the same thought. And I really think it's a work of the Holy Spirit that this is happening. I think it's a work of the Holy Spirit that exactly at the time when we most need answers to very difficult questions, we have a guy like Bishop Barron coming up, giving us really good answers to really difficult questions, just remarkable answers to really good questions. Uh, and just at the time when we need to shore up our faith and put it solidly on solid ground with the scripture, you have Father Mike Schmitz coming up and taking all these people through the Bible uh, in a year and all these people through the catechism. My gosh, can you imagine uh, what that'll do for our culture that all of these people are discovering Jesus Christ through his scriptures? And precisely at this time, we happen to be part of this movement of the Holy Spirit with plenty of others, I'm sure, that we're telling the story of Jesus to our listeners uh, and using the story of Jesus 
as a starting place to talk about lots and lots of other important issues. Um, you know, I think nowadays we get bogged down in politics, you know, whether you're in the left or the right, uh, we get bogged down in polarization and in our disagreements over the way COVID should be handled and our disagreements. It seems like the, immediately when any issue comes up, there's two sides that develop uh, that, that have opposing views of that thing, whatever it is. But I think Jesus Christ transcends that. Whether you're on the left or the right, you can find in him light shed on the best of your beliefs. And you can find in him some way forward uh, to these other issues. So while we're not touching on, well, we're touching briefly on these other issues in the culture, I think seeing them in the light of Jesus's story is just, it transforms the, the discussion from one of much heat to one of much light. And you know what I've discovered from just being behind the scenes of this podcast and seeing the research that you put into it is that these things are accessible to all of us. And that this is a conversation that anyone can join into and you don't have to have a podcast mic to do it. Yeah, and I have done a lot of research and I want to reassure anybody that um, I'm trying to be as cautious as possible. And when I try to, when I say something bold about Jesus, I, I try to make sure it's something true. And I welcome, welcome, welcome criticism of the podcast and I want to be corrected. But I've also found that, you know, whatever story of Jesus that is told, whether it's wildly inaccurate, like the last, uh, like, the Da Vinci Code, yeah, or whether it's very much on point, like what Bishop Barron is doing. Uh, it always, it's like the, he's like the guy, the classic guy who can never have any bad press. Whatever you say about Jesus Christ, whatever draws attention to the person of Jesus Christ, is going to break through and help somebody find the answer to something. You know, as soon as you start looking at him, you find what you're looking for. That's kind of one of the organizing principles of this podcast is that you can find the answers to questions that you have in Jesus. So I know that in telling his story in both seasons, uh, you know, with recency bias, I'm thinking about the second season where I got more personal. I've found the answer to Jesus in unexpected ways. The, the answer in Jesus. In the story of the storms, I never expected storms to be a big deal. Uh, those particular stories had never been kind of master keys to my life before, but oh my gosh, just going through them was really helpful. I've found fascinating details in just side comments of Jesus, uh, like uh, the, the sign of Jonah I'm thinking of, which totally took me by surprise. And it actually, you know, I think we had to cancel recording for one week and that was a good thing because I spent two solid weeks looking up stuff for that. But if you also have found any of this helpful, this episode or that episode or whatever it might be, I, I just would encourage you to share it with people. I, my wife is always telling me that I need to promote the podcast more. And I, I never want to, I, you know, I, I really enjoy doing it and I think it's worthwhile. Uh, but if you have found something worthwhile, maybe share that with somebody and ask them if you know they might find it worthwhile. 
Well, Tom, I can tell you that I have found this worthwhile. And in the meantime, between these, in the season break, uh, you know, while people are waiting with bated breath for, for the beginning of season three, is there any uh, just just um, prayer advice that you can offer people? Yeah, you know, when I first started out with my fascination with Jesus Christ, what I did is I just read a, a, a little chunk of the Gospels every day. And this is, you know, the kind of extraordinary story that every time you read it, something, some new facet sparkles out of it that you hadn't noticed before. I mean, I'm, it's incredible. Even going through these things now, lines I'd never noticed before are suddenly presenting them, sending themselves to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was there this whole time. So read the gospel every day. And also, oh, here's a little pro tip for you. Look at the verbs. Hmm. When you were reading the gospel, check out the verbs because sometimes those are very revelatory. Like Jesus stopped and turned around and, and said something to a person. You're like, okay, so this is what happens sometimes. Jesus stops and turns around and like focuses on me. Or then with the woman in the hemorrhage, Jesus passed by in a crowd. Like, okay, well, sometimes that happens too. Jesus passes by in a crowd. You, you see all sorts of things show up in the verb, especially in the Gospel of Mark, in the verbs uh, that uh, illuminate the story of Jesus. And one last thing I'd kind of like to end on, um, start telling his story yourself. There's got to be someone in your life you can try it out on to start with, but you don't even have to try it out. You don't need to have done a ton of research to tell the story of Jesus Christ. You know, it's kind of like the, Curtis Martin once said, it's kind of like recommending your favorite restaurant. <laughs> you don't feel like you need to have a culinary arts degree or have some kind of special insight into foods in order to say, hey, I really, really, really like the Olive Garden, <laughs> but you just have to say, hey, I really, really like this place and share what you like about it. That's the best way to share the extraordinary story of Jesus Christ, which I have it on good authority. I think we're supposed to do. Doesn't he say that somewhere? In the yeah, Bible? I think that's in the footnotes somewhere, Tom. Right. Uh, well, I, I'll certainly do my best to take that advice, and I hope our listeners do too. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate your support, and we will be back very soon. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Absolutely. Thanks, Michael. The Extraordinary Story is written by Tom Hoops and produced by Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas. Benedictine College is transforming culture in America through our mission of community, faith, and scholarship. If you enjoy this podcast, please follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Help us tell others about The Extraordinary Story. Visit us at benedictine.edu.